Hey everyone, welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. Uh, I'm joined today. It's my favorite kind of episode where Liz Henson is my co-host. Liz, how you doing? Good. It's so good to like see everybody again. I'm like, are we rusty? Or are we going to just jump right in? <laughs> I know we took a little like pre-summer break here, our uh, our little spring cleaning elsewhere, and we're back. We're here to you know. It's been really interesting for me over the past few years to watch this live show and podcast shift. If you guys have been OG listeners, you know that this started out as a like legal show where we tried to take the legalese out of the, the legal side of things. And then I heard you guys loud and clear that you wanted to talk about stuff beyond the law. So we started mixing in business growth. I started interviewing other experts. And over time, my team and I, particularly with Liz's help, identified that out of all the things that we could touch on, team building and leadership is a real secret weapon that that our team has. And now through our new brand, Skybreaker, we're up to some pretty amazing, valuable things that we're providing from global vetted VAs, where we match you with a trustworthy vetted virtual assistant in the Philippines or in Central America. We've got our supercharged CEO program, which is about to open its doors again. And, and Liz and I love having these weekly conversations about team, about leadership. And Liz, I don't know about you, but I feel like out of all of the different hats that I'm wearing as a business owner, it's the, the leader hat that I'm finding the most fulfilling out of all of it. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, you're really known for team building and leadership, but you know, one of the reasons and networking, like everybody thinks of Joey, they think of like networking. And the reason that you were able to lean into that is because of the team, right? Yeah. Because you have the time and space to focus your efforts on networking and leadership. And it kind of is like just this full circle thing of you wouldn't be where you are as, as a leader and as a networker and a connector without having the team to back you up. I appreciate you saying that because a lot of stuff had to happen for me to free up my time mm -hmm. to be available to connect with other people and to be having on calls. And, and Liz, you, you see the inside of this, you know. Um, but I can't tell you how many business owners I talked to. And it just happened yesterday again, where they were like, I want to start delegating more. I want to have more time on my calendar for CEO-based activities like long-term planning, like vision mapping, like networking. Mm. But I'm really struggling to, to find people that I can bring on the team that I can trust mm -hmm. with confidential information that's in the business. Yeah. And I mean, I would say that's one of our number one asked questions in the supercharged program. Yeah. Yeah. It comes up a lot. And if anyone's watching in live or the replay on the video, let us know in the comments if you can relate to, oh yeah, I'd love to start delegating to hiring a team, but man, I've got this confidential information that I need to make sure that I'm protecting for the sake of my clients. Yeah. And so it's a really good thing to be concerned about. And I think if, if that is a top of mind concern for you, then you're in the right place and, and you're, you're thinking of things in a lot of ways the right way because it shows that you're a good person, that you care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you care about your clients, confidentiality, yeah. your family. Yeah, it's important. Now, 
when when you're talking to people who bring this concern to you, Liz, do you get a sense of what they're afraid might happen if like the wrong person has access to confident inform information and abuses that confidentiality? Yeah, I mean, and this might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I think society has instilled a lot of fear in us, yeah. like identity theft and, um, you know, just a lot of breaches in confidentiality in that way. And we're all afraid, right? We're all afraid for people to see our 1099s or the back end of our business or our financial information or have our login information, right? Yeah. Like to share our passwords. We're so fearful. But the reality of the situation is like breaches in confidentiality, like the amount, the percentage that happens from an employee or contractor is so minimal. Like this is happening in the checkout aisles at Target or on TikTok. And my husband works for the government and we've actually had this conversation and he's like, nobody cares about like the back end of your business, right? Like oh my these gosh. breaches are happening in huge, uh, like corporations and platforms and like professional hackers. Yeah. And I don't want that to instill a sense of like, um, you know, like now, now we're the opposite extreme and like, it won't happen to us because sure. we want to have the right systems for protection in place. But I think a lot of times we just have to look inward and like, like you said, what's the worst that could happen? What am I actually yeah. afraid of? I hired this stay at home mom. What's going to happen if right. she my information? So on that note, there there were three main points that I that I gave to this person that that we can go through. So Liz, help keep me keep me on track with this this number three here. So the first one to everything Liz said is there is a clear risk mm -hmm. to trusting others on your team, especially with confidential information. Yeah. But one thing that I've learned is that there is a much bigger risk to not trusting them. Yeah. And Liz, have you, I, I know that you've, you've got a really interesting role that you play as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, where you've got your own business and you're on the insides of, of lots of great businesses and lots of businesses in general. Without naming any names, can you relate to being on a team where the leader isn't trusting the yeah. team? Yeah. 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 I mean, from something as simple as like not wanting to share a Canva password, mm. like what's the worst that could happen if someone has access to your Canva account? <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, again, you, you hit the nail on the head, Liz, that there's just this, this fear. Like, I don't know what could happen, but I lock my house at night and this is the equivalent of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're dealing with human beings, especially if you're a virtual online business and there are teammates that you're, you, you're not getting to know, like and trust in a physical office setting, all of your actions and behaviors are, are being observed by them mm -hmm. in, a, in a probably a more pronounced way if you're not being with them in person. And what I see happen time and time again is the message gets very much received from the teammate mm. that the the business owner doesn't trust them to do various things. And when that tends to happen, usually people don't want to stay for long because it's not very fun. Right. It tends to 
put the teammate in a mental place of anxiety where they don't want to mess up. Yeah. In general. You're a mistake culture. Yeah. yeah. And so what that tends to result in is a lot more mistakes happen because they're so focused on not making mistakes that they never like fully get into this like place of abundance and zone of genius. So that's number one. It's just from a mindset place. Think about the consequences of thinking that, that trust has to totally be earned before it's given. Yeah. And just to play into that or add to that about the risk being bigger of not trusting is if something happens to you and you're the only person that has access, your clients Mm. cannot be taken care of. Yeah. Right. You know that I know that situation too well, for sure. Exactly. And people just want to feel important. And if you're not trusting them with important things, they're not going to feel important. And that's going to put a ceiling on their growth and their potential, you know, as an employee. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not saying give everything out to everyone. Of course, you know, we want to be smart. And I know Joey's going to speak to that, but it can be both. We can have trust and we can make smart decisions. The, The second point that I wanted to hit on before we get into like how to maybe do this in a smart way is... On the one hand, I have definitely talked to business owners who they're afraid of this because they've been burned before with mm-hmm. trusting teammates. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me awful horror stories about there was this person on the team who had been stealing from us, or who had been doing something for a long time. Mm-hmm. Once we finally realized it, you know, we let them go, whatever, but we're still very much hurt by that and sensitive to it. I get that. And... Liz and I talk so much about the the beauty and the the secret weapon of looking overseas for administrative help. And what we tend to see in cases where there is theft or abuse of co- confidential information, there is a sense from that teammate of like, I'm not getting paid enough or I need more money. So I'm going to do this behind the scenes to get paid more. Um, that mindset has never really existed in our team that we have overseas or in the, the VAs that we match with other business owners. It's very much been our experience that, you know, this is a group of people that they have the opportunity to get paid by a U.S. business owner at an hourly rate that is more, significantly more in most cases than what they would get paid at more of a local job. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing that they want to do is jeopardize that position. And so it's it's the complete opposite side of the spectrum of this place isn't paying me enough money. Let me do something because I'm really in a bind here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and they know they're learning new skills, which make them more valuable. Yeah. I mean, when our overseas VAs learn how to do something valuable, like write email newsletters or Facebook ads, you know, they become more marketable and can grow and make more. Yeah. And, and do they really want to turn that opportunity for more off just with some type of a quick win? Again, I understand the concern and I'm not saying it's never happened before, but we have, at this point, hired hundreds of VAs and placed them 
and other businesses are our own and we have never dealt with this issue. And again, I just think that points to the, the percentage aspect of this. And is it really worth all of your worry and stress and, and hesitance of, of delegating and freeing up your time? Number three, yeah. let's talk about how we can do this in a smart way. Cause you're right, Liz, you don't want to give people social security numbers on day one. Right. It's like, we want to put our training wheels on. Let's start with Canva. Let's start with email. Let's start with ClickUp, like just training wheels first. Yeah. I, I love that you gave those examples of Canva or email or ClickUp to start with, because I think it's very easy and tempting and natural for business owners when they first hire someone and they think, what can I help have you help me with? They think about client work. They mm -hmm. think about customer support and a lot of times the work that is filling up our calendars the most as business owners is more confidential customer facing work. And uh, an, an easy path forward here is just to put that work aside when you're bringing on a new teammate and think about all of the other types of recurring projects you can send them that do not contain confidential information. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's buying you more time. And then you're not going to be as annoyed by having to do your confidential stuff because you're not going to be stressed about all the other things. It's, yep. There's a domino effect as you start delegating and outsourcing of realizing the benefits of it. And I think yeah. as when we see success, we build confidence. Yes. So seeing success in the first steps of delegating is going to build the confidence to eventually have that person that you trust with, you know, the, the top important things. Yeah. Another thing that we do that has been very peace of mind giving is we have multiple people filling each roles on a coverage basis. And so it's not like just one person has access to our bank account or to certain client files or can see things. And so in the instances where I have heard of someone, again, I haven't heard about it in an overseas VA context, but these situations where business owners say that someone stole from them, it was almost like this blind trust was given mm -hmm. in a part of the business and there were zero eyes on them. Mm -hmm. Or, now, you know, kind of a lack, lackluster interview process. Yeah. Right. Of like not you're desperate like you to really find someone. someone to do this stuff. You love the fact that you don't have to look at it anymore because they're hired. That's that's what tends to result in that kind of theft or confidential information abuse situation. And the reason why we provide coverage goes way beyond just protecting the business from this kind of stuff. It, it helps people go on vacation more and stress less that something uh, isn't going to get done in the business because they're temporarily out of office. But it does allow for this sense to exist in the business and across the team that like we are we are all available we're all supporting each other and like everybody has eyes mm. on each other. like it's a very transparent business yeah on the inside um that being said it can be very smart when you think about confidential information, as an example, you could be thinking about things like your bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of 
softwares out there that know that there is confidential information that's being handled. And so you can set user settings to viewing stuff only and a lot of stuff's redacted to a, a larger type of view only to they can edit certain things to they have the same level of access as you. And that's something that we've done too, is we've created certain user accounts, created limitations on it. Um, and then over time, started giving more people less limitations. Yeah. I also love your kind of your capacity rule of thumb, right? So Mm. you always try to keep us all at a three so that we're not overworked and that we're not underworked. And I know to some people like, why, why would you do that? Or what's the big deal? But like, if, if there's a team culture that nobody is over capacity or even at capacity, then you're keeping the stress levels down and that that line of resentment is just never even touched. Yeah. Oh, that's really, you're right. That's something that we've, we've learned over time. And just to give some more context there, we've created this uh, capacity ranking level that we share in a lot of our team meetings where everyone just quickly goes through a few of things, a few things. And one of them is their capacity one out of five. And one is like, I have tons of capacity. I can help in a bunch of different ways. I'm low on work. A five is nobody bothering me. I've got a completely full plate. And a three is I'm in the middle. Yeah. A lot of times business owners think, oh, I want my entire team at a five. Mm -hmm. We have learned that that is not the goal for the team. And we want to keep people at a three. So if people give us something below that, then we know, okay, well, how can we start to be more intentional about giving them consistent recurring work? And if they're higher, then it's a question of, okay, what can we be doing? How can we be planning, hiring, doing other things to take more work off of that person's plate? Um, And I bring that up in relation to trust, again, to kind of point back to point number one of like, if people are happy and grateful and fulfilled, they're less likely to do anything to jeopardize that, right? Like, and of course you have situations where there's the waitress at the restaurant that steals from the restaurant, but I would be more worried about somebody stealing time than Mm. somebody stealing confidential information. Yeah. Yeah. And think about all the time that they're stealing from you. If you let that person joining the team be something that you're losing sleep over, where you're constantly worrying, where you're adding a bunch of check-ins and they have to record their time and do xyz we don't do any of that stuff Um, no but you know what that i almost forgot about that you do really well that i think helps build trust when it comes to the time factor because this could be a very real real fear for people too of like what if i'm paying someone hourly and they say something takes seven hours and it only took two Mm -hmm. right a lot of times in our sops or when you're showing us how to do a new task even to the overseas vas you'll say this, this should take about this much time mm. or don't spend more than this much time on this task. Yeah. And, you know, I had one the other day that I was training and I was like, how much time did this take knowing that you're going to get faster at it? Mm. Right. Yeah. And I think we can still have a lot of trust with how people spend their time. Yeah. It's our job to set those expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of communication just goes so far because, yeah, if, if there was no expectation on how long something should take me, 
sure, let's go ahead and ha- and take seven hours because I can. Yeah. Right. But if I know the expectation is that it should only take two, that's how the, that's the efficiency that I'm going to bring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's one more thing that I think we do that would be helpful for everyone to know. Going back to the, the trust issue and, and reasons why someone might try and violate trust. In the rare cases that we've heard that it happens, it tends to boil down to that teammate is looking for extra money, right? Like that mm-hmm. seems to be the reason why they would violate these things. One thing that we've done, especially with our overseas team, is we are very transparently willing to connect them to other businesses Mm -hmm. until they reach capacity and the money goal that they have set for themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on your business, you may or may not be able to do that across your team. But when you bring on a layer of overseas virtual assistance, usually that's something that's done part time. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see business owners making is they are very adamant to say, I want to find a VA. I want them to be full time. I want them to work for just me. And that can create some negative culture components that could foster them being motivated to violate trust in some way. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why we've been able to maintain such a trusting culture is at, as much as we are all devoted to the success of the businesses, we care about the humans on the team more than we care about the business. And so we would much rather support the team on each of their journeys to finding the level of work that they want versus over, trying to maybe like overpay just to keep them exclusively. And then if that's not enough for them, then there are these big consequences. Yeah. There's so many different things you can do and you can look at breadcrumbs of integrity too. Are they on time? Are they responsive? Yeah. And these little breadcrumbs of integrity are going to help you see that they are worthy of trust. Right. Yeah. And that it's easier to give out trust, I should say. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Liz, we don't have time for it today, but one related issue to this that I think you and I have both seen come up a lot is um, sometimes trust is a hard thing to build because you have these concerns about them violating the trust, right? Other times, I think that there is a valid worry of trust for business owners because they're like, my, my team isn't going to, to learn this. Like, how can I trust that they will be good at this mm-hmm. or I train them to develop these abilities? And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we're seeing business owners making as they're starting to hire, to the extent that they're like, this is heavy, this isn't what I wanted, this isn't working, a common reason why, let me say it this way. If you're starting to hire VAs and you're not getting the traction or the freedom that you wanted, if it still seems challenging, a a potential and likely culprit is that you haven't systemized your offers. Yeah. And it's 
really, really tough to train even the best of VAs on very messy and complex systems. Yeah. And this is something that we, we very naturally see a ton of because it takes a lot of time and thought and uh, discomfort to say, we're going to go all in on this one type of an offer. We're going to streamline it in this, in these ways. We're going to say no to accepting money through other ways of helping people. And we're going to build more of a machine around helping people in this particular way that we're setting the business up. Um, but time and time again, we see that when businesses do that, when they make those hard decisions, all of a sudden it becomes easier and easier to train people up because the systems, the back end of how you're fulfilling on these, these new clients, these new customers is just so much more streamlined. Yeah. I mean, and that's going to pay off at every level level of the business. Yeah. I mean, I've been inside businesses that didn't really have systems and they're like, okay, this is the task I want you to do. Okay, cool. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to kind of do it my own way for the same desired outcome. And no, that's not really what I wanted. Right. So those systems, those step-by-step processes are so important. Yeah. Um, if you want to see that person be successful. And then I think if you see consistency in the desired outcome, then let's allow for creativity yeah. on how we get there. That's really important for team culture and happiness. But if if we notice that someone's not successful in a role, the first thing we need to assess mm. is what did we give them? Was it clear enough? Yeah. You know, because everybody learns and receives differently. Mm. And, you know, if Joey's like, go build a dashboard, and he goes and builds a dashboard and then we compare the two, they could be totally different. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, lots of good stuff there, man. Well, we could, we could talk f- forever, but I, I don't want to lose the focus here of if, if you're a business owner and you're struggling to trust a new team, I very much get it. And like my heart really does go out to you. Cause I've been there. I've been around so many people who have been there. And I think again, uh, there are signs that you're a good person if you have these concerns and it's probably not in your business's best interest for you to hold on to these beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be both, right? Like yeah. it can be both. You can have good intentions, but also need to grow, you know, get uncomfortable to grow to the next level. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so do you want to recap the three for everyone really quick? Yes. So I should have written them down. But number number one is there is a risk in trusting, but there is a bigger risk in not trusting. Yep. Uh, do you remember what I said for number two? Three was systems, right? I, I'm losing track of things. Oh, I think <laughs> so. three was... I really should have written this down. You guys, this is just what you see. Like Liz and I, we came on, we were like, we want to talk about this. Let's let's brainstorm some stuff. Um, one of them is just be willing to trust. Number two is uh, think, think about the reasons why that tends to happen and just mm-hmm. know that it tends to not be really an issue mm-hmm. with this overseas crowd. Yeah. Um, and, and, and three is to just be smart. So mm-hmm. Again, don't give them social security number from day one. Give them little micro 
trusts on things to, instead of leading from a place of, I'm not going to trust you until you prove to me that you're trustworthy through X, Y, Z, make it a, Hey, I, I do want to trust you from day one. Mm-hmm. And here are small versions of how we can build on top of that foundation. Yeah. And to have, you know, a pretty intense interview process, I think is going to really help build that trust from the beginning too. I mean, yeah. some people hire so quickly and then they're, you know, upset that it didn't go the way they wanted. Yes. You know, and then yes. I know Joey's like one of the, the slowest hiring interview processes. Not slow is the wrong word. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> lots of layers, right? We, we do have lots of layers in large part just because there are so many people who apply. Yeah. And so we try and do whatever we can to say, okay, how can we create some type of magical something so that when people go through it, we're left with the top like two to 5% of people who applied. Um, yeah. And I love the test project concept too, because you see a lot about how someone works. Do they ask questions if they're not clear? Like that's yeah. part of trust. Part of trust is asking questions if you don't know how to do the task. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Liz, we could talk forever about this um, and more is coming. I'm really glad that we're back together doing these again i've missed you um to everybody who's tuning in live replay on the podcast um feel free to reach out to us if you're struggling at all with your team we are very much here to support you and again the doors to our supercharged ceo are going to be opening soon uh in the meantime we're putting together an amazing training we did this training a while back we got amazing feedback and so uh pretty soon you'll be able to sign up for this free training all about stress-free scaling. Yeah. So good. It's such a great program. Love it. Love it. All right, everybody. That'll do it for this week. All right. Bye, guys.